Ron, right? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the, the worship this morning. Father, for to be able to come here today and greet one another. Father, we do pray for, for our family that are traveling and uh, visiting other places. And Father, for their safety. We thank you, Lord, that we're for the privilege of just coming in together to look at your word today, to look at what you've done for us, to celebrate this day, especially Easter Sunday morning, Lord. Every, every day is a day of resurrection. Every day is a day of new life. But specifically, Lord, and, and uh, we have this thing about celebrating this time of year, especially that you were not in the grave, that you rose from the dead, that you live, you're up in heaven at the right hand of the Father. You are interceding for us. You are praying for us. And Father, you have poured out your Holy Spirit upon us. And Lord, you have given us a message, a message of reconciliation, a message of hope, and a message to be given out into the world, Lord. And we all have to come to that place of believing in you. And so the question this morning is, do we believe or do we doubt? And Lord, I pray that, that we would not be discouraged if, if we've had doubts. As we look at the, the scriptures this morning, that we would understand that even those that walked with you doubted. And so Lord, help us and help us walk out of here today saying, oh Lord, I know in whom I believed. And, I, and, and we can stand strong in that. In uh, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, my brother Tim asked me this morning, so what scripture are you, uh, you preaching on this morning? I'm like, well, lots of scriptures. <laughs> lots of scriptures. But if I had a question for you, it would be, I believe, do you? I believe, I know in whom I believe. Now, for me to also stand up here and say, I, I have never doubted, and tomorrow I'll never doubt, would be a lie. Because we're human, and yet God gives us his word, and he continues to want to fill us up so that we can say, I do believe, and I've dealt with doubt, and I'm walking in, 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 in belief, not in unbelief. And so I just pray for each one of us, wherever we're at, it's good to see you here this morning. And I know for some of you, it's not always that you're in church on Sunday and, and uh, you know, I'm not going to have you stand up, you know, that, that you might, you'll never come back here again. But just, to, just for, for you to know that in the scriptures, those folks that walked with Jesus for three years, that scattered when he was crucified, that were told he was going to die and then he was going to rise from the dead, and they didn't get it. We're amongst good company. So put the question for you as we look at these things this morning. Do you believe or do you doubt? And do you want those doubts done away with? In, in the Gospel of Matthew, if you, if you look at the Scriptures, you just go to the end of each Gospel and you can, you can read about... Uh, Jesus and the time of his end and, and uh, the time of his resurrection. But I want to just uh, take on Matthew here and look at Matthew 28, uh, if you will. Uh, do I want to do that? 
I had in mind to do that, but I might change it. No, I want to go to Luke 24. Why not? You can read, you can, and we, we, we'll refer to this, Matthew, later, but in Luke chapter 24, my Bible says that the title of this is that he is risen. And it says this, now on the first day of the week, which would be Sunday in, at the writing of this scripture, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, like idle tales, like nonsense. So here they've, these women go, they've gone into the tomb, they've had these two men in shining garments, they tell him that, Don't, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? They run off to talk to the disciples, they tell them what they've seen, and their words seemed like nonsense. And they did not believe them. Three years they walked with him. Three years. They, 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 they knew he was arrested. They scattered when he was arrested. He was hung on a cross. They were scattered then. Buried in a tomb. Now verse 12 says, But Peter arose and he ran to the tomb. So there's Peter. The one who denied Jesus three times and then heard the rooster crow and realized, oh, that's what Jesus said I would do. He said I would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. I hear the rooster crow. And I, he never forgot. I don't think he ever forgot that. So it was Peter that arose, and he ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. I want to continue this, this story because this is, this is the description of this. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So now Jesus all of a sudden appears and he's with these that are walking down the road but their ears were restrained so that they did not know him. Interesting. They didn't know him. It, it, it takes a spiritual revelation to see the, the, Jesus, to see the Son of God. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? 
Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? I, I don't know about you, but I find it strange that Jesus is there having this conversation with these fellows, and they don't recognize him. It, it, it is Jesus, but he's like got a different form. And he's risen from the dead. Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Why, why would Jesus do that? What, what things? Come on, Jesus, help us, you know, help me. So they, they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, how long did that take? <laughs> Do you want me to go there? No, we want to go home and eat some ham. We don't want to sit here all day. I mean, how long did this take? But this is what he's doing. And then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. They must have found him interesting, telling this story. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. Do you believe that? That, that he, he, he spent all his time, he invited him in, and all of a sudden, he, their eyes are open, they know who it is, and then boom, he's gone. I, man, you imagine sitting there like that in your living room? And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, to Peter. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. Now, that's interesting. Listen to this. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself, all of a sudden, he's standing in the midst of them and he says, peace to you. Don't you wish Jesus had just like all of a sudden, and if he all of a sudden appeared here, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? 
And why do doubts arouse in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That is, I myself handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as, 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 as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe, But while they, st- they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of the prophets, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead in the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but just wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And then he leads them out as far as Bethany and he lifts up his hands and he blessed them. And now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them, carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, that's that's a lot of scripture, but I I would prefer to read this word of God here to give us the picture of these mysterious, miraculous things that were going on. And to understand that when we ask the question, or even ask yourself the question, do I really believe? Or do I doubt? And to get to that point where we can say, no, I, I do believe. I know in whom I believe. I I don't know if you see it in here, but I see that it has to be the Lord that opens up our eyes and reveals himself in in, in who he is in order for us to truly believe from the depth of our heart. It takes the, the Spirit of God to do that. Now, the Word of God must be spoken. The Word of God must be read because it's in the Word that that he is because he is the breath of God. The Word of God is the breath of God. It's living and active. And so I'm trusting these scriptures this morning, and we should trust the scriptures together if we have doubts, to be able to walk without doubt. So some of the scriptures that I just picked out, just as I was trying to meditate on this myself about, do I really believe, and how do I handle my own doubts? So I started looking at, for example, I'm just going to read you a few. In Matthew, that's where I was going to go originally, but just one verse, Matthew 28, 17. This is another gospel, and he said, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So even in the sense of worship, even this morning, if you really think about it, we all came here this morning. It's good that we're here. We're all of us worshipping, but within our worship context, some of us in here this morning are doubted. We doubt. Really? The Son of God? Yes, you know what? I doubt him. 
And there are certain things in my own spirit. You might look and, and uh, do I have this expectation? Do I have this trust about God? You know, I doubt that that could happen. So we have doubts. And we're right amongst good company. In Luke 24, 11, it's, it, which we read, and the words seemed to them like idle tales, like nonsense. And they did not believe them. And when I, when I was meditating on that myself, I thought about, well, he, he just re- read all the story of Moses and the prophets, and I thought, well, we're not going to do that this morning. But Lord, where would we go in here this morning just to encourage us? And uh, passage of Scripture that you're probably very familiar with, many of you that study the Scriptures, in Isaiah 53, verse 1, there's a question asked. Who has believed our report? The report of him being risen from the dead. Well, who's believed that report? Who's believed this story of Jesus? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And and Isaiah goes on to say, For he shall grow up before him, before the Lord, as a tender plant and, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now we have our dear sister Claudine, who was an artist. But you know, from that description of Jesus, he was not attractive. He was not a handsome fella. There was nothing in him that would draw us to him. Oh, he's a big, tall fella, and and, uh, he's a good-looking guy, and he's muscular. No, he was... He was not that. Because it says it's his. Because that attraction to Jesus couldn't be physical. It had to be spiritual. Verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, with pain. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Nay, they weren't there when he was crucified, were they? Peter was hiding and weeping outside the room when he was being beaten. But surely, Isaiah says, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us, of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, and the transgressions of my people, he was, stri- he was stricken. And they made him his, his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. I, he, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The Lord, who has believed this report? 
Who has actually had a revelation of this report? And when we see that, when we hear this report, when we hear about Jesus, when you hear that Jesus loves you, that he gave his life for you, we all have to come to a decision. We all have to come to that place of saying, you know, I believe in the Lord Jesus. I believe him. I'm going to accept him. I'm going to make him my Lord and Savior. And Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible tells us right in the first verse of that chapter 11 in Hebrews that faith is the substance or the realization of things hoped for and the confidence, the evidence of things not seen. When Christ comes and he's, and, and he, and he's talking to you, you know he whispers to you in the night. We all get troubled, don't we? We all have decisions to make in life. We have things going on in our lives. We, we may get reports of sickness. We may get reports of someone dying. Our brother-in-law, JP, who, who's dying with emphysema and, and doesn't know the Lord yet, can be very troubling and we can doubt. Where, how's God going to move in, into that situation? Well, I believe he can. And I want to have faith that he will. And I want to have the confidence that he will. But faith is the substance. It's the realization. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, I want to please him. And, and, and you know, but we all, don't, do you doubt? Am I going down a track that I should change and go back over? I think we're running down the right track. I want to read you some more scripture. And I want you to, uh, if you've got a Bible, I want you to go to the Gospel of Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to go to Mark, and I'm going to go to chapter 9. This is a story of a boy being healed by Jesus. <clears throat> Do you have anybody right now in your life that needs a touch from God and needs to be healed? Do you doubt that God can do it? Or do you believe that he can and he will and he is capable and he is able? In in the Gospel of Mark, starting in verse 9, 14, it says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And the one in the crowd answered, said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him, brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Where do you think the father was in his faith there? Where, where do you think he was in the faith? Now, he, he was there with his son. He was trying to talk to his disciples. He was hoping that God would, would heal him, that the disciples could. But now he's right with Jesus, the Lord, who today we say he's risen from the dead. 
And he says, and often he's thrown him both into the fire and into water to destroy him. And then he says this, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If you can do anything, if you can. And Jesus said to him, if you can, it's almost like a question, if you can. Now my translation says, if you can believe. Now that's not a believe, isn't it, in every, in every translation. But imagine Jesus, if you can, Jesus, if you can. Hmm, let me think about that. You, you want to be touched today? Jesus is here and you're, you would honestly say to him, I need to stop doubting about what God can truly do in my life. If you can, Lord, would you? And he says, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe? Or do you doubt that all things are possible to those of us who believe? And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but would you help me with my unbelief? Would you help me with my unbelief? Have you ever said that to God? Have you even got to the place of saying, well, I believe God, or are you still not quite there? The doubt is so strong that you can't even say that I believe. But, but maybe you're here and you're saying, no, 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 I do believe but I need some help with my unbelief about what God has got planned for me and that God cares about me and that he loves me and that he forgives me. Is that your cry? Young Timothy, who was a, a young man that was preaching the gospel under the great apostle Paul, he said in 2 Timothy 1.12, he says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. What's that day? Until he returns, until he goes home. And then he says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me, as Paul talking to Timothy, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus Hold fast to that. Hold fast to what you just said. Hold fast to Timothy that you said you believed and you were persuaded that God is able. Hold fast to that. Don't doubt, but believe. And so going back to when Jesus is risen and he's talking to the disciples, he's visiting with the disciples in the Gospel of Luke again, 24, 25, when he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Mm. Slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? I want to believe it, Lord. I'm, I am slow of heart. I am slow in believing but oh gosh, once you get a revelation that God is, is on your side, that he loves you and supports you, that gives you a great source of strength. It doesn't matter what you've done. It was all sin. It was all that he, he was bruised for our iniquities. Everything that we've done was on him and it's done. On Friday night when we talked about the, the, the being pardoned by God, 
by through the cross. And we talked about the, the purity that comes when we've been pardoned, that Christ makes us pure in our heart. And when we talked about how when we're pardoned and we're pure, it brings a peace in our spirit that is beyond all understanding that then produces a power to live like we've never had before and a power that enables us to say, I believe, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded and I can stand strong. Now, probably one of the strongest believers in the Bible, besides Enoch, who walked with God and then he was no more, that was a mysterious man, was John the Baptist. I mean, he was a crazy man. You've heard about him, right? Wearing animals' clothes and running around in a desert eating locusts and honey and crying out to people, you've got to repent and be baptized, every one of you. And he said, I'm the forerunner. I'm just here before Christ comes. And then it was Christ that came. And John says, I'm not even worthy to tie your sandals or untie them. I'm not worthy to even do that. And Jesus says, you need to baptize me. And John did. And when John did, a voice from heaven came down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I love him. And then Jesus went off and did his ministry. And then there's John the Baptist. And then how long later, I don't know. Some of you may have a, a good study on that. But in John the Baptist, if you go to Luke chapter 7, I'm going to close, use this to as hopefully help us come to a place of saying, you know what? I have been doubting, but I want to walk out of here believing. Believing that God is who he says he is. Well, in, in uh, Luke chapter 7, I think I've got the right chapter. Verse 18. Then the disciples of John, those are the disciples of John, reported to him concerning all these things that were going on. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus saying, this is a word that John the Baptist sent to Jesus now. This is Jesus who is not worthy to tie his sandals, who he says, this is the savior of the world. This, and, and, and Jesus says, baptize me, John. And he says, I want you to send this word to Jesus and ask him this question. Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? This is John the Baptist. We're in good company if we doubt. If you have doubts about the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if, you don't, if you're thinking during the week or you walk out of church on Sunday and go, I'm not so sure, you're in good company. John the Baptist asked the question. And when the man had come to, come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions and evil spirits. And too many blind, to many blind people, he gave sight. When Jesus heard that question, he was just healing people. He was giving people sight. He was healing them from afflictions and infirmities. And then he answers them and says, I want you to go and tell John the things you've seen and heard. 
that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And, he, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. I'm going to stop there with that, but that, you know, it's hard to think of John the Baptist asking that question. Are you the one or is there another one coming? But it's encouraging to hear Jesus' answer. He says, hey, tell him, go tell him what's going on here because I am really the one. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He says that in John 11, verse 25. Listen to that. He says he's the resurrection. He says he's the life. And then he says, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Can I put this as a question to you? Can you picture if Jesus was here? Can you see him now? He's not on the cross. He's risen from the dead. But if all of a sudden he miraculously appeared here and he says this to you, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asks you. Do you believe this? Hmm. Well, he's asking that question to Martha. When Mary and Martha's son Lazarus was dead in 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 a grave. And she answers Jesus and she says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. And of course, Jesus asked the same question to Peter before the crucifixion, before Peter's denial of him, before Peter doubted about who do people say I am. And he asked all the disciples that, and it was Peter that answered. And he says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who do you say Jesus is? Who, do you, who is Jesus to you? Is he the Christ, the son of the living God? Is he a Lord that is risen from the grave? Is he a God that has your interests in mind also? That he, want, he has a plan for your life? He has hope for you? He has healing for you? He has spiritual health for you and wholeness for you? Do you believe that or do you doubt it? If you doubt it, tell God honestly. Say, I believe but Lord, help me with my unbelief. We all have it, if we're honest. Listen, there was a resurrection. He is risen from the dead. If he wasn't risen from the dead, as it tells us in the Corinthian letter from Paul, then our faith is futile and we're still in our sins. We're just wasting our time here. We're just a Sunday morning club singing some songs. But he's risen and he comes to give us life and life evermore. And some of us will doubt. But when we doubt, we can tell him the truth. But I pray that we all get to that place where Timothy was. I know whom I've believed, and I'm persuaded. And I pray that you know who you believe, and I pray that you'll be persuaded that God is who he says he was, who he says he is, 
and that he is risen and he has life for you. And even though you might die, you're going to live forever because of the resurrection. Now, when you give your life to him, the Bible says you become like a new creature, <laughs> not a creature, you know, but you come, you, you look different. You, you, you act different. You, 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 your face, your, your whole complexion, it looks different. You can't help it because when the peace of God that passes all understanding is guarding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, you have a different countenance. You don't have to put it on. You know, they said, don't be like the hypocrites, you know, wearing a mask. Oh, I'm in church. Hello. No, here I am with my doubts and all. But I am hearing a message of belief, and I'm believing, and, and he changes your countenance. He gives you new life. I'm still going to get used to these things. So there you go. There's the message for this morning. I believe to you. Have you put your trust in him? Have you put your hopes in him, your faith in him? Do you believe that, like the Bible says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, say the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans not to harm you. But then he goes on to say after that, if you will seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, saith the Lord. So if you haven't found him, his promise is, if you will just seek him, he will be found by you. And as you uh, lean into him, he begins to assure you that he loves you. And when you say, I do believe, Lord, help me with my own belief, he helps you in that. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I do pray, Lord, that... Um, we would be here this morning and many of us are doubting. And, but Lord, I'm reminded as I close in prayer, Lord, that of, a, of Mary Magdalene in the Bible who was delivered from seven demons, the scriptures say. And then we don't know too much about her, Lord, but we know that she was there when they crucified the Lord. She was there when they laid him in the tomb. She was there first thing in the morning. She was the one spreading the news. And Lord, I have a belief in my own heart that it was because she'd been delivered of seven demons. She had had such a deliverance that she knew you. She believed you. She didn't doubt you because she'd been delivered from such depths of, of destruction. Thank you for Mary Magdalene. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who loves us and has had us on, your, on, on his mind when he died on that cross. Father, help us walk out of here to be able to say to one another, I believe, do you? In Jesus' name, amen.